Hello and welcome to the Creators of Colour podcast. My name is Sam Thurdos. I'm a TV comedy producer, director and writer. Creators of Colour began out of sheer frustration with how little UK TV has progressed with using people of colour in front of and especially behind the camera. Very few of us are making the decisions which lead to content being made about us but not for us and certainly not by us. With the coronavirus lockdown, I decided to do a series of online Zoom workshops. This podcast series is the culmination of all of these workshops. They've been edited down, audio tech issues fixed where possible. Occasionally I forgot to press record, sorry about that. Who knew multitasking was not my forte? This Creators of Colour workshop entitled Writing for Kids TV happened on Tuesday 21st of April 2020 with the incredible screenwriter Christine Robertson. This is a must listen for any writer, not just for those who want to work in kids TV. So I got into kids TV through BBC Writers Room. Um, I'd been selected for their comedy room scheme in the first year that they did that. I hadn't submitted a kids script. It was like an adult comedy script. Um, But by the end of that scheme, the dumping ground were starting up a shadow scheme um, specifically to diversify their writing team. And they approached Writers Room asking for recommendations for writers who were on their radar that they would recommend. And I was one of them. And I think our spec scripts were sent to the dumping ground team for consideration. And so I was selected with three other writers for the shadow scheme. And I didn't know at first that it was like a scheme for writers of colour. And when we all arrived, when we all arrived for the scheme, I was like, oh, that's cool. Like we're all writers of colour. And then one other girl was like, yeah, I think that's the point. But that's good. That's good that the dumping ground, you know, while recognised that that was an issue on their team. And so they took us through the shadow scheme. So the shadow scheme was basically a truncated version of writing for the show normally. So writing for the show normally might be about a four to five month process, not completely full time, but mostly full time. So the shadow scheme was maybe a three month process. We did a writer's room. So we wanted to come with story ideas to pitch for all the characters. Um, and it's a big cast, so that's a big job. So I like binge watched the show. I think it, they'd maybe done five series by that point. So um, binge watched the show so I could familiarise myself with it. Got some story pitches together. Um, so yeah, we did a writer's room and we storylined four eps between us. So there were four writers and we sort of storylined four eps roughly. Then we were allocated an episode each. We would storyline two drafts of a storyline. So that's kind of when you write the episode out sort of as as a story, like maybe three pages of A4. Um, Do two drafts of that. And then we did two drafts of a script. So the first draft of the script is, is for them, I think, to see how well you can nail the characters' voices, the tone of the show. And then the second draft of the script was to see how well you responded to notes right. uh, from the first draft. And then by the end of that scheme, they commissioned one of us to write an episode. Uh, I, that was not me. And I, that was fine because looking back, I can see that I probably wasn't quite ready to write on the show. But one of us did get a commission, which was great. And then a year, and then I just kind of forgot about it and just felt a bit like, oh, that was so much work and it didn't go anywhere and what a shame. And by the way, I hadn't actively pursued sort of writing for kids until that point. Um, But the opportunity kind of came up and it was a real, it was a real opportunity to write for the show, get my first credit. Uh, get paid and 
I liked the show and was like, well, why, you know, why not? Why wouldn't I? So then a year later, uh, so I forgot all about the dumping ground. And then a year later, the producer got back in touch with me and said, we haven't forgotten about you. Are you still interested in writing for the show? And by this point, I had got my first credit on a Sky sitcom. So I had some more experience and was a better writer by this point for having done that. And so I said, yes. And uh, I've written three episodes since then. And I'm due to start a fourth next month, but who knows? So yeah, so that's, that's how I got in. That's how I got, that's how I got into it. So would you say that process w- was close to the process of writing for the show itself? Or would you say there was more steps involved in order for them to suss you out as a writer? It was fairly representative of what it's like to write on the show proper. However, what I had when I was commissioned to write a, a proper episode was um, I had a commissioning call at the start of the process. We'd done a writer's room. It was only like a one day writer's room, some um, which I think is quite common in kids TV. If they do do writer's rooms, it might only be for a day or two, I think as a budget. Whereas on like more adult sort of dramas or comedies, you might do a week, you might do quite a bit more than that. So you spend a day pitching your story ideas and then the producers go away and they work out which stories they liked. They'll assemble them into roughly which points in the series they want to see those stories. And then I get a call and then I'm told what number episode I'm doing. And they'll give me like the top line of uh, like each story. So each episode will have an A, B and a C story. So all they'll say is, for example, your A story is going to center around floss and we want her to go through the process of being fostered but we want for that process to fail we want we want the parents or the family to kind of back out by the end of it so it'll be a a short line like that and then I'll go away right up where I think that story should go how that would develop and then it's kind of a back and forth from then yeah and then you sort of pick up back to what we did in the shadow scheme but yeah that commissioning call was new when I when I got the commission to write the episode but it's quite fun it's like being revealed like (laughs) your episode is (laughs) and what we want you to do is this Uh, would you get given the the episodes that you pitched or would they uh, assign you different episodes regardless yeah, of pitched. you don't necessarily get to write a story that you pitched so I think if you particular story you'd be able to say oh I'd be really keen to write this one if possible oh um so yeah you don't necessarily get the story that you pitch but if you were keen to write a story that you'd pitched I'm sure you could say you know I'd be keen to write this one if that's okay but I generally don't so far, I haven't been too attached to stories that I pitch. And I can see other stories that I've pitched in the room cropping up in other episodes that I've not written. And that's quite a nice feeling because you still feel like you've contributed to the show more broadly than just your episode, which is nice. I have been given stories to write that I pitched that I then hugely regretted pitching because <laughs> they <laughs> turned into nightmares. So yeah, it, it, it can be a mixture. Uh, and you mentioned storylining. Is that as simple as bullet points or do you write paragraphs or is it scripted how how is that structured yeah so the storyline I try and write no more than three sides of A4 to cover three different storylines so maybe like a page and a half for the A story a page for the B story and then half a page for the C story you can write a lot more than that but I 
feel like that can be like wasted energy. I'd like to try and kind of just distill the stories down to the bare bones. Yeah. Um, so you start from that, basically. Uh, yeah, so sort of around three, maybe four pages of storylining and a few drafts of that before you start the script. So it's like basically putting it down like an actual, like you're writing a, a story for... Yeah, a it's like writing like a, like a screen script type thing yeah so no dialogue or anything it's it's it is writing the stories out as if they were a short story oh, yeah that's um cool. yeah yeah what advice would you give to people who are trying to break into to kids tv um, um of schemes because you've covered schemes quite quite significantly yeah so um i mean you I mean, this this probably goes without saying, but I'll say it. You you do you need at least one strong spec script. Ideally, you'd have three spec scripts for different ideas of yours. They don't need to be kids' ideas. I, I've never written a spec script for kids, but the spec scripts that I had written, which were for adults, you know, the producers, the kids' producers will read and make a judgment if they want to hire me or not. So ideally, you'll have between one and three strong spec scripts, ideally for kids' ideas, if that's what you want to be going into. So yeah, because the producers want to see kind of what, like, what you're about as a writer, what your voice on the page is like as a writer. Can you write engaging characters uh, can you write engaging stories? So, B- so BBC Writers Room. I know I've, I've mentioned that briefly. They do. They accept kids scripts as part of their uh, windows. They do like a comedy window and a drama window each year. Comedy one closed yesterday, I think. But they do accept children's scripts. So I would wholly recommend um, submitting a script to that because once you get on their radar and you make a good impression, producers come to Writers Room all the time looking for. When they're looking for new writers, they'll almost always go to writers' room and say, who can you recommend? Um, so BBC Writers' Room is good. I would also look at, if there are kids' shows that you would be interested in writing on, have a look online and see if they produce any other additional content around their show, whether that's on their sort of social media or... Um, or on the CBBC website or CBB's website or whatever the channel website is, because there is a whole department called BBC Children's In-House Productions. And actually, an episode of The Dumping Ground that I wrote that went out earlier this year, so I wrote the main episode, but then after it aired, a two-minute short film went up online, and it was it was the character from my episode, the main story, so Floss, it was her essentially doing like a voiceover of clips from the episode that I'd written, but someone else had written like a two minute voiceover of her in character reflecting on what had happened in the show and sort of asking the audience, but I know that they'll they'll be working with newer writers on that kind of thing to like give them an opportunity, see how they work. And that might lead to more stuff and hopefully an episode sort of down the line. So yeah, the Dumping Ground sort of started producing shorts. It's great that they're being proactive rather than reactive to yeah. getting more diverse voices in. It's, yeah. It's, that is incredibly promising because it's it never it doesn't feel it feels that they're engaged rather than they're just trying to mask a problem. Yeah, I think so. And there are lots of shows that will produce additional content and it will be newer writers mm-hmm. sort of producing that additional content. Uh, Nickelodeon International have a an- kids animation. I think it's a six month scheme, three months here, three months in America. Mm. Um, but you submit a spec script from a list of 
shows that they give, uh, and none of them are actually kids' ones at all. It's American shows that they ask yeah. specs for. And then you essentially write for kids' animated TV. Mm. And they help you with that. Um, yeah. It's an incredible scheme. Um, I think great. you take two people worldwide on it, which is great. Wow. Okay, um, yeah. But uh, So, yeah, there are. it seems more than ever before that there are sort of more ways in for new writers there's no and there's no one way in like most writers will have had a different route into it but yeah it's encouraging to see that more opportunities are kind of being made for newer writers to get some experience and hopefully then sort of progress from there yeah and um, then how have you found the process um for writing for kids and also adults like does is the process a lot different in terms of um or is it is it just from tone um the only main well there's maybe two kind of main things so the I the note I would get a lot when I first started on the dumping ground was some of these kids sound a bit too grown up (laughs) so so kind of learning just how to I don't know just get a more authentic voice of a you know a young teen or an eight-year-old or something was something I had to do a little bit of work on how did you Obvious- go about that was like um was it more hands-on research or did you use like social media yeah yeah so you, they they will share like past scripts with you obviously you can watch the show and just kind of just get into I, I had to I had to sort of unlearn my own voice to a degree and what I what I might make a sarcastic teen kind of say and then just uh just study the character voices as as they are as they've developed over years and um and yeah and then it just it became it became easier yeah um and then the only other difference obviously like the main one is like there's so many guidelines around kids tv and what you can and can't say or show them to be doing and so imitative behavior is a big thing uh in kids tv and so like don't be showing kids doing or saying anything that you know real kids watching would then do and kind of it would be a problem so like I pitched a story once about one of the older kids taking driving lessons and then through some accident or emergency like she then had to like take someone drive someone to hospital without having a driving license and that got shut down straight away (laughs) and then um, but then there's other silly things like I'd written that a character was going to see Katy Perry had tickets for seeing Katy Perry and and that stayed in my drafts that like the whole time until it went to clearance and then they came back and said you can't say Katy Perry they didn't say why can you invent a fictional girl band so I rattled off like 10 possible options yeah you can't use any of these they're all strip clubs (laughs) sorry so I think we went for like third melody or something in the end but anyway so yeah it's um but other than that there's not really I've not really noticed a whole lot of difference between writing for kids and tv except to say that maybe in comedy you can probably afford to be much wackier and more surreal and a lot sillier in kids comedy than you can with adult and that's really nice actually that's surprising Um, like yeah so much uh live comedy can be quite surreal and wacky yeah it's quite surprising that you can get away with it more in kids I don't think people realize that actually no I think maybe the trend for adult comedy at the moment is just is not that at the moment. Trisha asks, as a student, I've mostly uh, been writing short scripts for school, uh, which usually has no limitations. For kids TV, what limitations do you have to be aware of as a writer? I think we covered most of it. Is there anything else that we you think we haven't covered? Um, I was so limitations is an interesting word to think about because 
I think writing for kids in particular, you can you can be sort of more maybe fantastical in a way that you you know you can't necessarily with adult but I would say maybe be mindful of age groups so like for example CBBS is like up to six years old CBBC is six to 12 years old right. so know where your idea would fit and who it's going for and is it at the younger end of CBBS is it the older end of CBBC those like you will be asked that so so knowing that like who you're writing for that would that would shift tonally yeah yeah I also learned another thing that even though for example like the dumping ground is aimed at like eight to twelve year olds a lot of younger kids watch it and there's there's the idea that kids like to watch things that aren't that are a bit too old for them because they like to feel a bit more grown up so that's an interesting thing to be mindful of as well and then in terms of other limitations I mean apart from the obvious of like you know drinking and swearing and stuff it doesn't mean that you can't explore difficult themes I think someone else has asked about writing about more mature themes for kids which we which we'll get to I feel like most things are on the table you just but the challenge is to find you, you the way of communicating about it or talking about it or dealing with it in the story you know there will there will be a way so yeah try not to think about limitations I guess is maybe is maybe part of my answer I hope that's answered your question Tricia but uh, <laughs> and Sharon asks uh, do you always get a storyline approved before writing a script yes storylines are kind of essential well when you're hired to work on a show time is money and you will come unstuck if you start writing a script and you haven't really worked out the storyline so storylining actually is where most of the writing work is done I think and if you've storylined really well the script almost writes itself and that's and then that's a nice part of the job is like getting to the script when you, you know what you're doing. Um, that doesn't mean that storylines can't change once you've started writing the script, that happens and that is difficult. But ultimately the storyline is, the storylining part is is to prevent that happening, loads of changes being made at script stage, which you kind of want to avoid. If the storyline changes as you're writing the script, is that coming from you or is it coming from a, the producers or is it a bit of both? And if it's coming from you, do you need to get approval? So far when it's happened to me, it's been a change that's come from production and it's usually because, and here's another thing particular to kids TV, um, so when you're working with a young cast, like legally they can only work so many hours a day so um scheduling is like quite the jigsaw puzzle for kids shows and young casts so any storylines I've had to change has usually been down to like cast availability or this kid this actor now has to do his GCSEs (laughs) like uh, and isn't available at all for your episode so can you write someone else into that story uh, and make it work or, or it, yeah, so it might be cast availability because they're kids, or it might just be that you've written you've written it up as a script, and and maybe it doesn't work as well as as it seemed to in storyline. So yeah, you just have to be ready for yeah any of but, those but changes. That line of yeah. communication between the two is always open, and it's a bit of a back and forth. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure if I had, I'm sure if I felt like actually I don't really like this storyline, and I kind of want to tweak it, I would definitely ask the question. 
Uh, but it's their call on whether or not right. uh, it would change, I think, yeah. <laughs> uh, so next question, uh, from the ask, uh, what are the core lessons you should try to teach kids in your show? Uh, yes, okay. Um, so that's interesting because lots of kids' shows will have a takeaway lesson of some kind at, at the end of each ep, but that's not... That's not necessarily the aim of the show in that I I don't think any shows, any kids shows start from a place of what should we teach the audience about in this episode? I think the the lesson that is learned by the end of Annette usually presents itself in the process of storylining. So for example, the episode I wrote about Floss getting fostered and being given that starting point for her story of like, we want her to go through the fostering process, but then for the family to pull out. That was the starting point. And in the course of working out that story and developing it then it became clear that what I did what I did with that story was Floss was desperate to be fostered so she tried to be the perfect daughter and she kind of changed who she was in order to make herself more appealing to this family and of course it just it was it didn't work out because Floss is actually quite a difficult character in many ways and her her true self kind of came out and so then the and so then the lesson becomes you know don't go changing who you are you know the right family will find you and love you for you kind of thing that and that kind of presented itself in the process of writing the story it wasn't like it wasn't a lesson that I that I started out with but that's not to say you couldn't think of a lesson that you'd like you'd like to teach and then maybe work backwards I'm sure that could work how would I write a story that taught this lesson but I think it's easier to start from the story and the character and and then I think the lesson sort of presents itself um can I ask one please well go ahead Chan. would it be any use to write a script for a program that is no longer on that was say on like a couple of years ago or is that a spec script or is that kind of pointless it would feel like you could you'd do better to maybe put your energy into something that's actually now looking forward yeah yeah like now or forward I mean I I know it's a very common process in the states to write spec scripts for existing shows over there it's not really the dumb thing over here and I don't know how I don't actually know how producers would react to being sent a spec script for their show I really like the idea of it because how better are you going to prove that you can write for the show by you know having a having a go at doing it just but obviously you're doing you're doing it in your own time for free and you know that's your choice and not necessarily the best thing to be doing but also you know getting your spec scripts is work that you do in oh. your own time for free <laughs> so yeah. and and um sorry this is my daughter and um uh so is it just tends to be an original idea spec script that you've done uh yeah so there have been yeah ideas of my own but that I am happy sort of demonstrate my voice uh what I'm interested in um hopefully that I can write kind of engaging characters and I I know how to write a story and kind of which beats to put in where and um, for like a 30 minute episode so yeah if it's uh if it's at least 30 minutes 30 for comedy probably an hour for drama um but if you've got kids ideas that are maybe 15 minute episodes or 10 minute episodes yeah. then they would probably want to see 30 minutes worth of stuff at least so you know maybe yeah. you write yeah uh three 10 minute apps or whatever depending on your idea right okay brilliant thank you right um and the bbc uh, writers room have um like a database of scripts in there 
need to have a look at look at structure and all that sort of stuff and um I, I would recommend just going in there and just reading as much as possible could you speak more to the to what you submitted for the bbc writers because you mentioned it was wasn't like children's script but did it have like sort of themes based around that sort of thing or was it kind of just something completely different so i i entered twice for um bbc writers room and i didn't get in the first time and that was with a 30 minute sitcom spec that was a workplace sitcom for adults and then the second time i submitted and was selected i'd actually submitted a feature film comedy that i'd written it was for adults um but uh but yeah so no neither were kids ideas and actually, I was quite intimidated by the thought of writing for kids when it sort of became a prospect because, you know, I, I don't have kids. I don't really see kids aren't really in my life. Uh, I don't you know, I, I'm not really hanging around kids that much. Uh, so it was actually quite scary. The thought of writing for kids. I didn't know if I could do it for that reason, which I've since found out is daft. So. So, yeah. Um, but but there's a, just a lot more opportunity in writing for kids certainly for newer writers than there is in writing, you know, adult drama or, or comedy even, because, you know, there's whole channels of kids' content and they are more likely to take a risk on newer writers um, in kids than they are uh, in sort of adult commissioning. Um, so I just want to ask, with your scheme, was it full-time or was it paid? Or was it like a volunteer, not necessarily like a volunteer, but was it like a part-time after work scheme oh yeah do you mean the the shadow scheme for the double yeah, round the yeah. yeah so yeah it was unpaid actually although they they paid like our travel expenses because part of it involved going up to newcastle where they filmed the show um they were in production at the time so yeah they paid they paid for like travel and hotel and stuff but the actual writing work itself was unpaid um but obviously when you so, you know, I understand it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work to do unpaid work, but it was a very real opportunity to write for the show. So it seemed daft not to. I didn't have any other opportunities like that. So why not? I, I was able to fit it in around my job. So, yeah, but I don't know if shadow schemes generally are, because I know there are a lot of uh, soap opera shadow schemes, like maybe EastEnders and Holby and stuff. I don't know if they're paid. Um, hi, this is Taran had. A question higher. Um, basically, I was just wondering, in regards to like independent children's TV shows, I see that there's so many on YouTube. Do you think it'd be worth contacting them as well? Yes, I would absolutely encourage you to contact them, but be very clear about what it is you're asking and what you're offering. They'll they'll be it's if it's that you're looking for work, um, then I guess be prepared to have some samples of your own to kind of share, tell them what it is about the stuff that they make that you like while you're contacting them specifically. Cause they, you know, producers like to hear that, what, you know, just to shower them with a bit of praise and what, what you love about what they do. So yeah, just be very clear about what it is you're either offering or asking, I suppose. Thank you so much, Christine. Um, it's My been pleasure. so, so helpful. Thank you very much. I, I hope, um, this has been really useful for everybody. Thank you for listening to the Crates of Colour podcast. You can find me, Saima, on Twitter and Instagram at Saima Ferdos and on Twitch at Saima F and Christine Robertson on Twitter at Xteen underscore Robbo. Please support the podcast by tweeting and Instagram about us and liking, subscribing and leaving a review. It's available on all podcast platforms. Thank you.